Hello, hello guys. We are back again with the second session. And until everyone is happy with this schedule, I am going to have to do that really annoying thing where I have to play back my voice because I don't want to play back my voice without it going live just to... Um, you know, just to make sure everything's fine. So let me do something very, very unprofessional for a second and just uh, check that I've got some sounds coming through. So here we go. Come on, come on. Give me some sound. Are we working? It's buffering. I never know. So Yes. Perfect. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the DBT book therapy session number two. It has been a... A roller coaster already. I know a lot of us have started started to open up in the Discord channel, and that is fantastic. And also, it's 2020. It's the new year. Some of you listening have already entered the new year. For me right now in the UK, it's not quite 2020 just yet. So if you do hear some loud noises, that'll be the fireworks outside. Because every neighborhood right now is battling between who can have the best fireworks. So yeah, there's a couple of moments of quietness. I want to try and talk through that. Okay, so let's dive in and have a recap first of all. So yesterday's session after the intro was all about understanding radical acceptance. So we yesterday were looking at some of our distress tolerances. So these are things that we do in order to make ourselves feel better. So we have a automatic robotic way of reacting to a situation that we don't like. So when we get stressed, when we feel hurt, we will do a certain type of behaviours. But we have spoke about this and realised that it's very dangerous and they don't actually work for us at all. So for example, we could be using alcohol or drugs to feel numb. We could be taking our feelings out on other people. We could be engaging in so many things that are very, very unhealthy. So yesterday we went through the cost of those self-destructive behaviours. So if you haven't already done this or you're feeling like you want to skip over it, it's very, very important that you do do make a note of that. So let me just mute my computer so I don't get any Discord notifications coming through. So let's take, for example, you engage in dangerous behaviours. You could be cutting yourself, pulling out hair, or you could have general self-mutilation, whatever that means for you. Now, we know that the possible costs are potentially death, infection, scarring, disfigurement, whatever it may be. So yesterday we talked about radical acceptance and understanding that we can't always control the pain in our lives, but we can control the amount of suffering we have in response to that pain. So a quote that I underlined yesterday was that radical acceptance means looking at yourself and the situation and seeing it as it really is. Us PDs, BPDs, sorry, we have a stressful situation and all of a sudden we hit primal panic mode and we're like, oh my gosh, this feels like I'm dying, I don't know what to do. And then we will cling at anything to try and make the situation feel better. We will get angry at people, we will do anything to avoid the pain we feel in that moment but what we need to do is accept that wow this situation is shitty and I can't change what's already happened I still have to deal with the effects of this stressful situation so 
Yesterday, we did a quick exercise about radical acceptance in the chat. Now, if you haven't done this, I want you to start thinking about it. So think about things that would usually spark up that typical BPD reaction inside you. So ones from the book that we read yesterday was, next time you're caught in heavy traffic, wait without being critical. It's so easy to say, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late for work. This happens all the time. If that person just moved in front or if that person didn't pull out, we wouldn't have slammed our brakes on and we wouldn't be waiting, you know, thousands of years for me to get to work. So what we need to do now is understand that, okay, I'm stuck in traffic, this moment really sucks, but I can't do anything. I'm still, whether I'm angry or not, I'm still stuck in this traffic. Why would I let anger get to me. We also briefly spoke that anger, when we have anger and we have that moment where we're blinded by rage, it by rage, sorry, it makes us feel worse. Anger just doesn't make sense for us. So today, let's talk about how to distract ourselves from those self-destructive behaviours. So whatever we're doing right now that makes us feel awful, let's talk about the self-destructive behaviours that we can start to do. So one of the most important purposes, oh, guys, this is page 12, sorry, so read along with me. One of the most important purposes of dialectical behavioural therapy is to help you stop engaging in self-destructive behaviours, such as cutting, burning, scratching and mutilating yourself. No one can deny the amount of pain you are in when you engage in one of these behaviours. Some people with overwhelming emotions say that self-injury temporarily relieves them of some of the pain they are feeling. And this might be true, but it's also true that these actions can cause serious permanent damage and even death if taken to an extreme. Now, there's just a little voice note here for myself. When I was a teen, if I got really stressed about something, I used to burn the tops of my feet with, with hair straighteners or with um, straightening irons, um, curlers and things. And in that moment, that gave me a release. I would see white because it was so painful and I'd be like, okay, now I'm no longer worrying. And that left scars. And that is a bad behavior because we can't help it in that moment. We jump to something, we jump to our conclusions and actions, and it's so bad. So let's think about all the pain you've already been through in your life. Think about all the people who have hurt you physically, sexually, emotionally, and verbally. Does it actually make sense to continue hurting yourself even more in the present? And we know it doesn't. Does it make more sense to start healing yourself and your wounds? Can I get an amen? Mm -hmm. If you really want to recover from the pain you've already experienced, stopping these self-destructive behaviours is the first step you should take. Now, this can be very hard to do, and you might be addicted to the rush of natural painkillers called endorphins that are released when you hurt yourself. However, these types of self-destructive actions are highly dangerous and certainly deserve your best efforts to control them. So right now, I want you to make just a mental note or write it down, some of those self-destructive behaviours that you have. So mine would be cutting myself, burning myself, an eating disorder, things like that. And I want us to share that in the group so we can understand that these things we don't talk about to anybody else, but I want us to be able to share it in this group to understand that we're all in this together and to really understand how dangerous it is because 
if I have a friend and she tells me that she's done something in a moment of being emotional, that sounds awful. When I hear that my friend has has cut herself or she's pulled her hair out, that gives me distress and I think, oh my gosh, that's a really bad thing to do. But when we do it to ourselves, we don't realise how bad it is and that's something that we have to start understanding. So, here are some safer actions that you can use to distract yourself from your self-destructive emotions and thoughts. If you have the physical book with you, awesome. If you don't have any book with you, just mentally check them in your head. So, the ones that you're willing to do, and then you can add any healthy, non-harming activities that you can think of. So, rather than us jumping to our usual, I need to cut myself, I need to make myself sick, I need to starve myself for two days. Instead, here are some healthy things to do. So next time when you get stressed in a situation, you have to remember to do one of these things and you can change these up um, and we'll talk about that in the group. So instead of hurting yourself, hold an ice cube in one hand and squeeze it. The sensation from the cold ice is numbing and very distracting. Now I have read on some Reddit forums that people, if they get really, really wound up about something, they will run really cold water in a sink and they would dunk their face in it just for like two seconds and it will wake you up or just have a quick cold shower and that would give you that kick of endorphins that we usually get when we self-harm or whatever it is that we do write on yourself with a red felt tip marker instead of cutting draw exactly where you would usually cut yourself use red paint or nail polish to make it look like you're bleeding go out there and buy some fake blood if you want to make it look really theatrical so it feels believable then by all means go and do it And then you can draw stitches with a black marker as well. And if you need to make it even more distracting, squeeze an ice cube in the other hand at the same time. Number three, snap a rubber band on your wrist each time you feel like hurting yourself. This is painful, we know, but it causes less damage than cutting, burning or mutilating yourself. Now this one, I've actually starred it in my book because this is an easy one. We can take this coping skill with us wherever we go. We can go on a train and have our, a hairband round our wrist. Doesn't look weird if we have like a hairband or a rubber band and just snap it when we feel like, oh, I'm really stressed. You can dig your fingernails into your arm without breaking the skin, draw faces of people you hate on balloons and pop them, or write letters to people you hate or to people who have hurt you. Tell them what they did to you and tell them why you hate them. Then throw the letters away or save them to read later. This one I do in my apartment all the time. It's fantastic. Throw foam balls or rolled up socks or pillows against the wall as hard as you can. And after a while, when you do this, you feel really daft and you start giggling to yourself and you think, wow, I'm such a plonker right now. But you have to release that rage in a kind of a calming way in a instead of like damaging ourselves, This one, depending on where you are, I think this is fantastic. Scream as loud as you can into a pillow or scream someplace where you won't draw the attention of other people, like it's a loud concert or in your car. This one sounds pretty witchcrafty, but I love it. Stick pins in a voodoo doll instead of hurting yourself. You can make a voodoo doll with some rolled up socks or a foam ball and some markers, or you can buy a doll in a store for the specific purpose of sticking pins into it. Buy one that's soft and easy to to stick penultimately cry sometimes people do other things instead of crying because they are afraid that if they'll cry they will never stop 
and we feel it's a sign of weakness, don't we? But this never happens. In fact, the truth is that crying can make you feel better because it releases stress hormones. So let's go through this list of self-destructive behaviours and how we can distract ourselves. But first of all, you have to understand what is your most common go-to thing when you have a bit of a breakdown. Because there's no point, if you are quite an inwards person, there's no point you throw in rolled up socks against the wall if you wouldn't normally do something explosive in rage. You've got to kind of marry those things together and only you know the option. But like I said, jam over in the Discord chat and we can always uh, help you out with it. So next page, page 14. I think let me just, yeah, I did get that right. Here's an example of using alternative actions to distract your self-destructive emotions. So Lucy often cut herself when she felt upset or angry. She had dozens of scars on her wrists and forearms. She wore long sleeve shirts even in the hot summer because she was embarrassed when other people saw what she had done to herself. But after getting some ideas from this workbook, she made a distraction plan. Now get this, tomorrow we are making our own distraction plans. That's going to be fun. So the next time she got angry with herself and felt like cutting, she looked at her plan for alternative actions. She had written down the idea of drawing on herself with a red marker. She drew a line exactly where she would have cut herself. She even used red paint to make it look like she was bleeding. She carried the mark on her arm for the rest of the day to remind herself how sad and overwhelmed she felt. But then, before she went to sleep, she was able to erase the scar and blood from her arm, unlike the rest of the marks from her permanent injuries. So with that in mind, let's talk about ways that you can distract yourself in that moment with pleasurable activities. It might be that you don't want to scream into your pillow, you just want to do something therapeutic and this is where it's going to get super exciting. So sometimes doing something that makes you feel good is the best way to distract yourself from those painful emotions. But remember, you don't have to wait until you feel overwhelmed by painful emotions in order to do one of these following activities. It's also helpful to engage in these types of activities on a regular basis. In fact, you should try to do something pleasurable every day. Exercise is also especially important because not only is it good for your overall physical health, but it's also been shown to be an effective treatment for depression in some cases. Plus, exercise makes you feel good almost immediately by releasing natural painkillers in your body called endorphins, which is the same painkillers that are released when you cut yourself. So on the next page, and what I'm going to read out is a list of all of these pleasurable activities. Now, I'm not going to read out two full pages of this because you're going to end up getting bored, I know. And everyone, it's better you have a, a physical or a virtual copy of the book and you can get a hold of that for free if you go to the book links channel in the Discord chat. Now, what I want to do is to make this really inspiring for everybody and not competitive, but I really want to make sure that we're all accountable. I am going to put together a Google Sheet document. So I'm going to list all of these pleasurable activities and I'm going to say there's probably about 50, 40, 50 here, maybe more. I'm going to put them in an Excel sheet that's easy, accessible, mobile, laptop, whatever. And all you have to do is click a random button 
that I'm going to create. And one of these pleasurable activities is going to pop up on your screen so that you have a any a, a random thing to do. Now, the reason for this is because if we have so many options to choose from, we don't want to do anything. It's overwhelming, which is the reason why top business people like Bill Gates and everybody else, they always have the same type of clothing because their wardrobe is kind of like they don't give themselves a great range of choices. Us BPDers, we feel that we need all of these choices. We want perfection all the time. That if someone gives us two choices for something, we feel like, ah, what's the catch? This isn't right. So to make this easy, you get the chance to just click on this spreadsheet, press the enter button, and one random pleasurable activity will pop up. Take it or leave it. Keep refreshing that page as much as you want. And then I want to put together like a spreadsheet or another channel so that we can all say what we did today, that one thing we did, and try and hold ourselves accountable for that thing. So our homework now for the rest of our life, I guess, is to do one of these things a day at least. So here's a couple of examples. You can do some exercise, you can lift weights. So you can do a couple of push-ups, a couple of star jumps, go for a jog on the spot, text message your friends. You can go out somewhere, go for a walk, you can go for a jog get out of your house. Even if you don't really go anywhere, you just go outside and sit on a bench or a wall or something, go and do that. Sleep or take a nap. Plan a trip to a place you've never been before. You can literally go over to Pinterest, check out some inspiration, go over to Instagram, check out some travel blogs and get yourself lost in the planning. Take a cooking class. Now, this doesn't mean money. I know some of us can be short on cash. You can do online cooking classes. Just go on YouTube, type in um, real-time cooking method and cook with someone. Now, there's a website out there. I think it's called whatsinmyfridge.com. Don't quote me on that, where you literally will list in the ingredients you have with you at that time. And then a generator generates a recipe with those ingredients. So even if you only have like parsnips, Nutella and sprouts, it might not be a good recipe, but you might be able to do something with that. Give yourself a bath, go for a shower, pamper yourself a little bit, find something funny to do. Now for me, I love watching the old Vine videos. I head over to YouTube, I type in funny Vine videos and end up spending 20 minutes bursting with tears of laughter. So that's something to do. So you can go online to chat, play video games, play solitaire, create your own online blog, do a puzzle, buy something on the internet, join an internet dating service, go shopping, get a haircut, or you can literally go out for something to eat. Just go to a coffee shop, just think, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I know, I'm gonna go to Starbucks. I'm gonna sit down in Starbucks, I'm just going to have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and then I'll go back home. And the fact that you take yourself physically out of that situation will do a tremendous thing for you. On the next page, a couple more examples are draw a picture, paint a picture with your brush or fingertips. You could do some embroidery, you can do some cross-stitching, knitting, write a letter to God or the deity that you do worship, turn on some loud music and dance, best form of exercise is dancing. You will never get me going to an exercise class, but if someone says, hey, should we make up a dance routine? Hell yes, I'm all up about that. Join a club, plant a garden, make a scrapbook with pictures, paint your nails, change your hair colour, 
And so there's so many things here. So I'm going to leave that list. I'm not going to go through everything so you can read that in your own time. But like I said, you're going to have access to that, that um, Google Doc um, Excel sheet. So here's an example of using pleasurable activities to distract yourself. Karen was feeling lonely and had nothing to do. She was sat alone at home and she began to think about how lonely she'd been her whole life and how she was hurt by her father when she was growing up. Now, just I want to just stop it there momentarily. It is the end of 2019. We've had Christmas. Some of us have had birthdays, anniversaries and also New Year. And if you are sat in your apartment right now and your friends haven't invited you to a party and you start to think, wow, I'm lonely. I've always been lonely because of this. And then this thing happened when I was seven years old. This is the time when you need to accept like, yeah, you're going to be on your own tonight. And you know what? It's fine. It doesn't suck at all. You're still an amazing person. Go and do a pleasurable activity. So very quickly, Karen was overwhelmed with very painful emotions. In fact, the memories also triggered physical pain in her shoulder. Karen began to cry and didn't know what to do. Luckily, she remembered the distraction plan she had created. Exercise had always been a powerful tool for Karen, so she went for a long walk in the park while she listened to some of her favourite music. The activity didn't erase her memories or remove her pain completely, but the long walk did soothe her and prevent her from being overwhelmed with sadness. So that's the key. We're doing some of these distraction techniques and strategies so that it soothes us. So we slowly stop entering the borderline of, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. And it will prevent you from hitting that that borderline region. And you might not feel 110% by going out and getting a cup of coffee, but you are a lot calmer and you are able to approach a situation a lot better as opposed to acting out in like an emotional stimulus thing. So I'm going to leave the session there for today because I've hit my bookmarker. So tomorrow, we are actually going to start creating our own distraction plan. So we're going to go through so many examples, and we can literally write it down in a piece of paper, put it in our wallet, have it as our laptop background, our phone background. And we're going to have a list of things that work for us when we start to feel crappy. So in the meantime, what I want you to do is go away, and I want you to do something pleasurable this evening. I want you to look at this list. And I want you to pick one thing. When you're doing it, I want you to be really mindful and think, I'm doing this thing and I really enjoy it. I want you to really take note of the thing that you like because it might work out that there's something on this list that you thought that sounds really ridiculous and you would never do it, but just try it. And we'll see where we get up to. So I'm going to leave it there for you guys. Tomorrow is our distraction plan time. So that's going to be nice. We're going to have a little crafty session, I guess. I'm going to get on with that Google document. Put your comments over in the Your Notes section in the BPD Book Club. And I will be here same time tomorrow. You are amazing. And never give up. Even if you fail, even if you have a relapse with your BPD, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you are okay and you can just pick up where you left off and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.